Last week was Pentecost. We celebrated uh, Pentecost Sunday in the church worldwide when we celebrate the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit being poured out, and it's also um, the day that the church was born. So a really significant day, and I want to kind of continue on in that theme, some of the things that Doug talked about, and then a few things to point out as we go into Acts. We're going to be in a series on um, all that happened in Acts and how the gospel goes forth. And while it went forth in their generation, our prayer is it also goes forth in our generation. We are responsible for our generation, even as they were for theirs. Um, interesting things just about going to the point of Pentecost, Jesus told them to tarry in Jerusalem. You would think that after his death and resurrection, he would say, sick him, you know, go get it. I mean, they had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him raised from the dead. And yet, he said, tarry in Jerusalem. He spent 40 days with them, and then he ascended to the Father. And, and so they spent their time in prayer. My son, who is in Bible school, tells me that they did not spend time, you know, just twiddling their thumbs in those 10 days between Jesus ascending and the Holy Spirit being poured out. They spent their time in prayer and time together and um, talking about him. A significant portion of his last conversations before the cross were about the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 15, and 16, there is a lot about it. And a lot of times we talk about sometimes people's last words or the things we remember. But with Jesus, it was he was talking about the Holy Spirit, the importance of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, he even said, it's better for you that I go away. And I find that scripture hard to kind of get my head around. You know, that they had been with Jesus, they had looked into his eyes, they had been with him all this time, and he says, it's better for you that I go away so I can send the Holy Spirit. And to me, that shows the significance of the Holy Spirit and his work here among us. The Holy Spirit remains with us until Jesus returns. So when Jesus was called by the name Emmanuel, we talk about that at Christmas time, God with us. He is with us by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit at work among us. In Acts 1, Jesus told the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. This was in response to a question where one of the disciples, you know, Jesus was about to ascend to the Father, and one of the disciples said, are you going to restore you know, Israel? Are you, are you still, in other words, are you going to run out the Romans? And they were still kind of on that thing, right? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know the days or the times, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he will give you power. And so I guess a question for me, and possibly a question for you, is do we really understand how important the Holy Spirit is? I think it is easy to um, sometimes focus on situations where we have known uh, abuses of the Holy Spirit or situations perhaps that weren't exactly um, led by the Holy Spirit, and yet the Holy Spirit is so critical for us today. And it's not our power, it's His power, you know, it, it's, it's Him. Um, Doug mentioned last week how we celebrate Christmas and Easter but not so much on Pentecost Sunday. And yet the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is so important for us. It is so important for our daily lives, for practical things. It's not just when we gather here and the, and the worship is awesome and all of that. That's wonderful. But the Holy Spirit is also incredibly practical. 
giving us strength and boldness to say what we need to say. Jesus said to ask for the Holy Spirit. And it was one of the things when he was teaching his disciples, they asked him to teach them to pray as John had taught his disciples. And so Jesus started into the prayer that we just shared um, as Doug was leading us in uh, Lord's Prayer. And then he goes on to talk to them. And he talks about if you have a friend and they have need, would you help them? And then he goes into a scripture, uh, verse 9 so I, of Luke 11. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For whoever asks will receive, and he who seeks will find. And he who knocks, it will be opened to them. How impossible for one of your fathers is to be asked by his son for a fish, and would he, he give him a snake instead of a fish? Or how, how difficult would it be if he is asked for an egg and would give him a scorpion instead? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So while it's important we recognize the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, it's also important for us to ask and, and to ask God to fill us again. And that's throughout Scripture. Ephesians 5 talks about be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are different places. In Acts 4, there's a place where it talks about how they were all filled with the Spirit again. So I'm guessing that the biblical standard for that day is saying you may need to be filled with the Spirit again. You may need to ask God to fill me again. I think it is critical that we understand it's okay to ask. And when you may feel dry or tired or whatever, discouraged, Lord, fill me again with your spirit. Lord, fill me again with your peace and your strength. Fill me again, Lord. So do we ask him direction? I mean, I think it's pretty practical. Do we say, I don't know what to do. Lord, show me what to do. Holy Spirit, what would you have me say? I believe that he enlightened scripture. One of the things that Doug shared last week was we don't read the scripture just like we read the newspaper or whatever else you read, your iPad, whatever. Not many newspapers may be out there these days. Um, do we ask him to open our minds to understand the scriptures as we read the scriptures? Well, I will confess to you that, that some days I do that. And it's kind of amazing to me some of the things that I learn. And then there are days I may not. And it's kind of like reading the newspaper. And that's not on the scripture, that's on me. So I just encourage you in all of this that we would look to the Holy Spirit for leadership and for guidance and for encouragement. Um, asking God for a word. Asking Him for His, um, His assurance. It's kind of like asking for fresh manna. Um, in, the, in Exodus, when the children of Israel were leaving and they didn't have anything to eat and they were complaining, they were leaving Egypt, coming to the Promised Land, God gave them manna. And manna was for each day. Uh, you couldn't save it over except like on the weekends kind of stuff. Um, do you have a fresh word from the Lord? Do you have a word for, for this season in your life? Not for maybe when you were 20 or whatever, but are you asking God for what he is saying to you in this time, in this season. Uh, it's like getting a fresh meal or a fresh word. Um, I have asked for permission in advance. When Lauren was a toddler, we were going to eat at a Mexican food restaurant. I know you're surprised by that. 
but she was not tall enough to see the table yet, you know, and being an independent woman, she wanted to walk, you know, and, and so she was walking and standing there, and she couldn't see that we were about to sit down, you know, and they bring chips and hot sauce. She certainly knew the drill. And so all she could see were all these broken chips on the floor. And so she's going for them. And I'm like, let's, let's not, you know, I'm sure people have stepped on those and they're nasty. And that did not translate into my toddler's mind. And, and she was rather insistent until, we, until I lifted her and it's like, we will have chips here. You know, gratefully they didn't take forever to bring them, you know. We don't need to be eating the dirty stuff on the floor, you know. We don't need to be on something that maybe, maybe was accurate for your life years ago, but what is he saying now? What is he saying now to us as a church? What is he saying now to us as individuals? Ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. And frankly, I think we need that daily. I don't think that's a once a month or a Christmas and Easter like, you know, some people come to church. But, Lord, fill me again. Fill me with your spirit. Acts 2, 42 through 47 is a summary of some of the work uh, in Acts. And it's pretty cool, right? It sounds really good, really neat. It doesn't talk about how things got messy, but I'm going to show you things got messy. Um, let's, let me read it again, even though Cindy J did an awesome job. Please listen to what the Lord is saying in the scripture, what Luke is saying. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. In other words, miracles were happening. And all of those who believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone who might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those that were being saved. And that sounds wonderful. And it was. They gathered and they listened to teaching. They would gather in the temple courts or in homes or at Solomon's colonnade. They also gathered in, in just small groups because that's what they had to do. There weren't really churches. Teaching, remembering what Jesus had said to them. How important is that? The fellowship and, and growing in their faith. And it was a community, a place to belong and to feel safe. A community. That's really what church should be. Sadly, that's not been everyone's experience but it is what it should be, and it's what we need to make it. And I think this church works really hard at that and does a very good job of that. Last week, Mary Clappas had surgery on Tuesday, Tuesday I think it was Tuesday, and um, did well in her surgery. But as I was sitting with the family, both of her children commented on how much she missed church. And I, I understand times when we have to be away, and obviously there are folks who feel away today and that kind of stuff. But oh, that, that we would miss being together. You know, that, that we would look forward to gathering together in his name. And gathering together and encouraging one another. Some years ago, um, as a family, we went through a, a pretty difficult time. And many of you know Robert's story. And um, all that was involved there. And... Robert, there was a point in time where he just really struggled to just function. And so coming into a place that even though it was safe for him, 
coming into a big group was hard. And when you're working through trauma, that's not easy. That's not an easy thing. Um, Robert, we were talking yesterday, and he um, he's my continual source of you know, little tidbits, you know, on Bible stuff or whatever. And so I was asking him just about that time and getting his permission to say something. And he commented, he said, um, he said, Mom, like on the second day, the day after he told me, and initially we didn't know everything, but it was what he could say at that point, um, he went to see Brandon and Rachel Knight. And I'm sure they had no clue what he was going to say because, you know, I didn't know. And, and yet that's where he went on day two. And I asked him, and it's not that he didn't love everybody, you know, I mean, please don't take offense that, you know, Robert didn't show up at your door because I'm sure it was not an easy situation. But he said, Mom, um, he said it felt safe. And he said, I think they have integrity. And, and obviously I would name many people that I feel have integrity, but for him at that moment in time, at that place, uh, he went to see the Knights. Banner was not born yet. And they even offered their home to him until Banner was born um, if he needed a place to stay. And um, I'm forever grateful. And in that time, as days went on, Robert was an intern at Tyler Street, but when he would come to church here, uh, sometimes, he, I mean, it was hard. He'd go to the parking lot and he just couldn't come in. And when he could come in, he would sit with Sally. And she was so good that when he didn't show up, it wasn't like, where are you? You know, because he couldn't, he was doing as best he could to come into a place. When you have tremendous anxiety, it's hard to control that. And if he came in late, that was okay. And if he left early, which he almost always did, that was okay. And when he didn't show, that was okay. Although part of me was like going, where are you? Um, no pressure, right? But again, I'm forever grateful. For a church that, that didn't quite know what was going on, but loved him and cared for him. And still to this day, and I very much credit a lot of his healing to the healing in this place. Remembering a time when Robert and Brandon were over here praying together. And two wounded men <coughs> praying together. And we thank God for continued healing in both their lives. And that's community. You know, that's community. Praying for each other, breaking of bread and prayer, and sometimes that meant taking communion, and sometimes that meant meeting in homes, praying for each other. I will confess to you as a children's pastor, I usually prayed with my eyes open when I was around children, because, just saying, I won't name names, but you know, there's going to be somebody messing with somebody. A little bit of it was going down here earlier during the children's sermon. A little brotherly love was going on. Um, <laughs> So I would pray with my eyes open. Well, one time, surprise again, we were at a Mexican food restaurant, and uh, Lauren was about like six months. She had just begun like eating, you know, that gross, you know, stuff you feed babies and stuff besides milk. And um, we tried some of the meats that you're supposed to tell. They weren't very good. Anyway, we didn't mind her. Anyway, she was on like, you know, sweet potatoes and stuff like that, which we were done to start with sweet potatoes because, of course, they love that, you know, and then... Other things, not so much. Green beans was never a hit with either one of my kids. Anyway, so she's on my lap. And we're praying. And I feel some kind of motion, you know? And so I open my eyes, trying to be discerning, you know, moving in the spirit. And she has taken her little hand, 
and scoop the entire scoop of guacamole off my plate. I mean, I mean, eye hand coordination was good because she had it all, and it was going to her mouth with raw onions and you know jalapenos and all of those things. And so I grab her hand, and we had a little contest there. I mean, she was intent, and I don't care if she had guacamole, and I'm happy to share, happy to share, you know. But I didn't want the end result of raw onions and jalapenos in my kid's system. So she would not let it go. And I'm slinging her hand, you know. And we both were wearing it. It was lovely. Um, when you pray, keep your eyes open. Uh, she did get some of it. She got the avocado part, but not the part that would, you know, cook her goose. This is a wonderful summary. But church is messy. Right? Just is. Because I'm here and because you're here and we're all here and things happen. In Acts 3, uh, Peter and John are going to pray in the temple as was their custom. And there was a 40-year-old man who was lame from birth. And he was wanting money. And Peter and John said, I don't have money, but I will pray for you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Christ. And he takes him by the hand and the guy walks. The guy walks. And that was no small stir, right? And a crowd gather, and Peter begins to preach. And he goes into Acts 3, is a very famous passage, where he talks about repent, turn to God. Repentance isn't just stopping doing what we're doing. Turning to God. We repent, turn to God. And that he wipes away our sin. And that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. I would ask you, when was the last time you really felt refreshed? I mean, I know we do a lot of things that are fun and a lot of things that, you know, maybe are exciting, but really refreshed in the presence of the Lord. Well, they threw him in jail. I doubt that was refreshing. Um, and the Bible says that 2,000 more were added to their number, and they were counting just men. So up to 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And then Peter and John were asked by the church bosses, the Sanhedrin, uh, they were asking, by what power or what name did you do this? That was a good question. Because then they started talking about Jesus and just preached to them. And basically they were told, they were warned very seriously, and they were told, do not talk about this guy. And they basically said, we can't do that. That's the whole point. And so what we do as a church, we do in his name. When we speak, when we share, it's in his name. When we go to do stuff in the community, it's in his name. When we go to Cambodia, it's in his name. When we do BBS and everybody's tired, it's in his name. We do it in his name. Acts 4.31 talks about how Peter and John came back and then everybody was excited. They were praying and they were saying, Lord, give us strength. Show us what to do. Help us to be faithful. And verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. So I would just ask you today, How, how are you with the Holy Spirit? And, and how are you with receiving from Him and receiving the good gifts that the Father has to give? 
And I know that's a weird question. I don't even have it in my notes, I promise. But I think a lot of times we get so busy, we forget, okay, Holy Spirit, work for me today. May I be your vessel? Or, God, I don't know what to do here. Help me know what to do. The Holy Spirit, the helper, the advocate, the counselor, the comforter is with us. Is with us. And yet we get to choose, too. You know, the whole free choice thing. And some people, I've been with people, um, that, that have said to me, well, if God wants to give me the Holy Spirit, he'll do it. And part of me wants to kind of step back just in case there's some kind of random lightning, you know, or something. Because it sounds like if Jesus is saying it's a good gift, you know, and that attitude, if you have a gift for your child, like, say, guacamole, whatever, uh, you know, and they were like, well, if you want me to have it, you'll give it to me. You know, do you kind of get the attitude, maybe? I think sometimes we're cautious or afraid of or maybe feeling like that was another season in my life or whatever. But oh, the importance of Pentecost and the importance of the promise of the Father, the importance of the Holy Spirit. Um, outpouring of the Holy Spirit changed society. Yes, there were still pagans. Yes, there were still people that didn't believe in God. But it changed the world. Great revivals of our time started with prayer. John Wesley said that if he, he was to describe England in the day before the Spirit started moving there, in the day when they were trying to do the holy clubs and all that, he said the, the description for England would be ungodliness. And it was. And they prayed and met and gathered, and had community, and the Lord began to move. So when we need more of God, are we willing to say, Lord, I need more of you? When we need his direction and his insight, are we willing to say, I need your help. You're the creator of the universe. You've got this figured out. So often I tend to just think, well, I, I need to figure this out. You know, it's kind of how we're programmed, right? But I think the truth is asking Him. We are in a place of community. We're in a place of community. And it may not be exactly like Acts, but it is close. And so understanding the importance of that, of being that for each other when, difficult, when people are going through difficult times or wonderful times, the Basses have a new grandbaby, am I correct? Yes. yes. And uh, it took a while for that little boy to get here, right? Uh, I like James, his, and I've known James since he was like born, right? Um, James put a post up, and I get it, and he was certainly with his wife during labor, but there was one who was really doing labor. Are we clear? <laughs> and he talked about the 50, 50, 50 hours of labor. Now, do you know what my word would have been for that? Epidural. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Fogwell is not here today, that kind of thing. Anyway, but now I have a little boy, right? And that's community. We rejoice. We rejoice. And yet there are also people that lost their son this week at an untimely death. And we support them and pray for them and grief for them, and that's community. And all the stuff in between, we're gonna celebrate graduates, right? We have a graduate here on the front row, right? 
And so we celebrate that. There will be a, a wedding here tonight. We celebrate that. And that's life. And that's what we do together. One of our um, marketing, branding, whatever, is you belong here. And if ever there's a church that I think that's true, I think it's this one. I know there are others. I'm not trying to say it's only here, guys. You know, but you belong here. So whether things are easy for you or not easy for you, whether things are wonderful or difficult, I want to be like Mary Clapas who is saying, I can't wait to get back to church. I can't wait to get back to church. So as we sing this last song, just I would encourage you that if there's something you'd like to pray about, um, I mean, we believe in prayer. And with your eyes open or not, we don't care. Uh, if you would like to join this community of faith, or if you'd like to profess your faith in Jesus Christ, we would love to be a part of that. So I encourage you that, that our prayer would just be, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit and fill us anew. Because I, for one, get empty. And I need that again and again. 